Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I want to continue in the book of Galatians. And two weeks ago, I talked to you about where the Apostle Paul said that God was pleased to reveal his son in me. I want you to see this graphic I have here. I said that it's like a lamp, a light. God was pleased to reveal his son in you and that you need to let that light shine. And Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. Because the world doesn't know Jesus. We know Jesus. But if we don't shine that light, other people don't come to know him. And then they wonder why you and I are blessed or happy or things go well for us. But then look at this next graphic. This is what we tend to do when we don't witness about Jesus to others with our life or we just cover up that light. And that is destructive for us because that is exactly what Satan wants us to do. So that's what I was wanting to communicate to you two weeks ago. So now tonight, we start with where Paul says in Galatians 4.19, until Christ is formed in you. And he says in that verse, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Actually, in the original language, it says, until Christ is formed in you again. Because what had happened in Galatia, the apostle Paul says, I know that if, you, if it was possible, you would have given me your own eyes. Paul had an eye disease and pus would creep out of his eye sockets. And in those days, because they don't have hospitals like we did, if anyone was sick, like with leprosy, everyone would just ignore them. But Paul wrote that you would have given me your own eyes and you received me. Well, now he goes into using language as if he was a mother who was giving birth. And he says, I'm in birth pains. I'm travailing until Christ be formed in you. Because what had happened was the Judaizers came in to Galatia and they said, it's good that you're Christians, but you need to be circumcised. And Paul says, if you get circumcised, then you've done away with everything that we've taught you, that I've taught you too, that Jesus Christ has done everything for your salvation. Can we give him a hand of praise? So if you add to that by trying to be good enough, then you're not trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you add to that by trying to be super holy, you're trying to be better than what God can do, and you're going to lose the salvation that you have in that respect. And so this was the challenge that Paul had with them. But he says, I'm in birth pangs. In other words, I'm agonizing again until Christ be formed in you. Say that. Say it again. Now, this is what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. Until Christ, the Son of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is formed inside of each of you. So let's see what that means. How long has it been, how long has it been since you began to serve Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? So think about that. When did you first accept him as your Lord? Since that time, are you able to say that you are actually becoming more like Jesus? Because I can't say that about you. Only you can say it. And if you're not, we have to find out why. And if you are, we have to thank God. By now, I'm certain that you're aware this is a lifelong process. God 
is wanting to form Christ in you. At the center of our life of discipleship is Jesus. We, we have to attach ourselves to him and be faithful to him. This is only part of the equation, however, because the very essence of the Christian life is not just to hold fast to Jesus, but to actually become like him. You and I need to become like Jesus. That's what God wants. That was his goal when he got you saved. That is what he wants to accomplish. The transformation in you that Satan would actually look at you and wonder, is that Pastor Mike or is that Jesus? That you're actually becoming like Jesus. It's not an impossible thing. If that's what God's original goal was, I'm going to show you tonight that if you resist it or delay it, God has a plan to make it happen in your life. And Paul used the analogy of a woman's travailing birth pangs to describe his intense desire and prayer, watch, that the nature and the character of Christ be formed in the lives of believers. It doesn't happen through osmosis where he just gives it to you. This transformation has to happen as you live every day of your life. The Greek word for this transformation is called formed. And the Greek word is morpho. Now, why is that important? From that word morpho, we get our word transformation. For morpho, we get the word transformation. And you've heard about a caterpillar being in a cocoon, and then that caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. Well, that happens in nature what happens in the life of a Christian? A change in character and conduct to correspond with inward spiritual condition so that there may be moral conformity to Christ. A change in your character, a change in your conduct. That's what God wants to happen. That's what God is going to bring about in your life through you becoming a child of God. A change in your character. You're not going to be the same. A change in your conduct. You're not going to act the same. How many are glad about that? Can we thank God for that? You know, thank God I was never, I was never caught, or I'll say it caught, then arrested or put in jail. But imagine if you have a record or you're an ex-felon. Imagine if people just look at you and always hold that in their minds about you. Imagine if you've done something and then you run into those people again and that's what, they, oh, oh, look who's here. Well, God wants to change your character. God wants to change your conduct. And I'm saying again, whether you agree with him or not, I'll show you tonight how he does it. So what we need to do is we need to surrender, we need to have obedience, and we need an adjustment. How many know you need an adjustment? <laughs> I've never been to a chiropractor. I don't know what that's like, but when people tell me, they go, what did the chiropractor say? Well, he said I needed an adjustment. And they always show you that your spine's crooked. So they start doing stuff to straighten your spine. But you and I need to surrender. When you want your way, I want to do it my way and not God's way, you need to surrender. When you demand your way, you need to surrender. There needs to be obedience. So if you've been caught doing the same things over and over again, you need to start obeying. 
So before we can start becoming like him, there are a few things we have to commit to every moment of every day. Surrender, obedience, and adjusting. Let's say that together. Surrender, Surrender. obedience, and adjusting. I could say the sermon's over, good night, God bless you, because that's what you need to do. I'll, let's try this. You don't have to tell me what it is. But just by a show of hands, how many can actually know, yeah, there's something I need to surrender? <laughs> look, look around. Now, those of you, I'm a short person, so if you got your hand here, it's not working. <laughs> Some of you are doing this. I need to surrender. <laughs> okay. Through a show of hands, how many of you know there's, you could have been more obedient to God in that situation? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. How, my wife didn't raise her hand. She's pointing at me. <laughs> you surrender. Um, how many know we need to let God do an adjustment in our life? All right, be careful because we say we need to let him, and he's going to. So Christ must not only be in you, he must be formed in you. There's a miracle taking place of God actually making you like Jesus. Think about that. You can't stop it. You can't rush it. You can't increase it, but God will do it. This process of maturity into Christ-likeness is not a mere outward conformity to Christ. Oh, you look like a Christian. How can you tell that? But it's a progressive inward transformation of your character. Something is going on inside. God is at work inside, so what's shown on the outside is you're different than you were before. You know, that used to tick you off. What's, what's going on with you? You know, you are the biggest this or that in San Jose. What got into you? A transformation has taken place. So another way of saying this is that God wants to develop spiritual maturity in each of us. When you have children, I mean, they're cute. They're just cute. It's kind of hard to spank them when they look just like you. <laughs> when you have a puppy... It's cute. It's little legs. It can't walk. It falls or a kitten or anything like that. But then it grows up into a big dog. Or now this cute little child starts answering back. So when they're first born and as they're growing, you're brushing their teeth, you're washing their face and things like that. But after a while, you want them to do it. How many know what I'm talking about? Get in there and brush your teeth and you go in there to make sure they're doing it right. Or they tell you, I washed up, the towel isn't even wet. Okay? Well, it's just like that with us. God wants us to mature, to become more responsible. Let's define this. This means building the principles of God's word into a person's life so they are equipped to understand and follow. To understand and follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit Watch this, in knowing how to respond to any situation with Christ-like attitudes. Should I repeat that? Four of you, the rest you can go. Let's define this. It means building the principles of God's word into a person's life so that they're equipped to understand and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit in knowing how to respond to any situation with Christ-like attitudes. We have to stop this reacting. 
We have to stop this getting mad. We have to stop this, whoa, check her out, check him out. We have to respond with Christ-like attitudes. And God wants to do that in you. Satan doesn't want it to happen. So he said, no, 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 you know about the Bible. You don't need to read it anymore. That's when you need to get back and start reading it more. You'll see it when you're on the internet or watching TV and something comes on and you'll hear it. The Holy Spirit says, I don't want you looking at that. That's your chance, your opportunity to begin to develop obedience and surrender from the prompting of the Holy Spirit because he will not yell. He whispers. He whispers. Lately, Linda, my wife, has been doing something which I find very cute because our grandson would, would do it. When he was small, he would say it and she would say, no, no, no. <laughs> Just like that. And, and when he picked it up, he would look at us and say, no, no, no. <laughs> well, it's not, that's not the Holy Spirit doing that to you. He's not going to grab you around the throat. He's not going to knock you down. He's not going to get angry with you. Somebody say amen. amen. He's just going to whisper to you. I want that to change. You can find a Christian, I mean, was a chain smoker, and all of a sudden they just stopped. What happened to you? The Holy Spirit said stop. And you stopped? Yeah, so I just stopped. I don't have a desire to do that anymore. In contrast to a person who's trying to kick the habit. Well, how does God accomplish this? God allows problems, doesn't cause them. He allows problems, irritations, and responsibilities to come into our lives. Before you became a Christian, you had problems, right? Right? Thank you, because I don't like preaching to myself. I did it during the pandemic. No one was in that room when I preached. Before you became a Christian, you had problems, right? Well, now that you're a Christian, you have more problems. All right? You have more irritations. Man, what the heck is wrong with you? God is actually at work in your life through problems. Hello? Yes. Then, when these happen, we're motivated to search out his word for the answer. Because left to ourselves, we wouldn't. We think we're okay because everything's cool, everything's fine. But God, who is at work in your life, allows problems to come into your life so that you would go to the word and find the answer of how to deal with this problem. When we do search out God's word, we develop the full potential which he put within our lives. To me, that is quite a significant feat. For that means that God is very active in your life, whether you realize it or not. How can you be sure? Just look at all the problems you've had. If you are dealing with the same problem and it's not going away, you can be sure God's using it to shape you. Oh, God, are you serious? You say, God, yes, I want to get married. This person. This person? Yes, that's the one I want. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one I want. Are you certain? Yeah, this is the one I want. You're sure? Yes. Okay. That's the one I'm going to use to shape you to become the person I want you to become. So don't get mad at the instrument God uses. 
because that instrument that's shaping you is in his hand. Especially when you say, yeah, this is the one I want. Are you sure? So God says, guess what? So, well, why is my boss giving me such a bad time? God will use your boss, too. God will use your kids. God will use your neighbor. God will use your dad or your mom. You know what? I'm the only Christian on that job. Guess what? That's where he wants you to work. So God allows, does not cause problems. So the major reason a Christian can become bored with their Christianity is because they have not developed the full potential of their aptitudes, abilities, and capacities which God has put into their lives. Let me explain. Left to ourselves, many of us would only develop a small portion of maturity. Therefore, in order to direct and motivate us in developing the rest, God chooses to bring into our lives certain problems, irritations, and irresponsibility because God wants to form Christ in you. Let Christ live his life in and through you. And you must surrender. Lifeguards know that it is virtually impossible to save a drowning person who struggles and fights against his rescuer. The only way to be rescued is for the victim to go limp, to surrender. Only then can the lifeguard put his arms around him and pull him to safety. As long as the victim fights, the victim and the lifeguard are going to drown. If you've been fighting God, if you say, well, you know what? I'm not going to tithe. I'll fix you. Or I'm not going to read the word. Or I'm not going to pray. Or you know what? That's it. I'm not going to church anymore. It's not a priority in my life. You don't threaten God, but God says, okay, if that's what you choose. What God wants is he wants us to give up our insistence on being the directors of our own destinies to our self-determination, to our, you're not the boss of me. How many of you, your kids have said that to you? How many of you, your kids have said, you can't tell me what to do? It got quiet in here. Did everybody leave? <laughs> I don't think you've ever said that to God, but you've acted that to God. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my boss. Thinking and going limp, we need to surrender in his arm. Trust him. I know there's problems in your home. Trust him. I know there's problems with the finances. Trust him. I know your son or daughter that you love is hooked on drugs. Trust God. Don't turn your back on God. Build up your faith in God. God is bigger than any problem you can face. How many know that? Come on. We're Christian parents, and sometimes our children are not doing things that are pleasing to us, let alone to God. But we need to pray for them. We like to come in and clean house, clean their clock, but we need to pray for them. How can I determine that this development from God is actually taking place. When God is at work in your life, you'll be equipped to understand and to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit in knowing how to respond to any situation with your Christ-like attitude. How many would like that? When you're that way, you realize 
my God is bigger than any illness, any pain, any problem, any disappointment that I can face. So I'm going to give you a test right now. And you have to come up with the answer. Here's the first question. Does God's word provide answers for these questions? Wait, I haven't given you the question. <laughs> Let's talk about marriage. Does the Bible talk about how to know God's choice for a life partner? Well, you know, that was a weak yes. And the man that said yes is because his wife hit him right now. Can you know God's choice for the right person for you to marry? Yes. You can find that in the Bible. Can you provide for your family? Does the Bible tell you this is prosperity? How to provide for your family and still be blessed? Yes, yes it does. Yes, it does. So it would actually tell you if that's the job God wants you to take. Let's talk about wisdom. Do you know how to prepare for your future? Let's talk about family. Do you know how to raise godly children in an ungodly world? Let's talk about faith. Do you know how to stand up for what you believe? Let's talk about freedom. How do I overcome anger, bitterness, and bad habits? The Bible provides answers. But if you don't know these answers to these questions, then you're not letting Christ be formed in you. You are actually, every single one of you are actually supposed to know the answers to these things, especially if someone close to you or if someone asks you, hey, can I talk to you? I'm having problems in my marriage. What does God's word say? Let's talk about financial freedom. How to be able to bless others and be out of debt. God's word provides answers to that. Let's talk about knowledge. How to prosper in business. On the internet, internet right now, they have a lot about, I quit my job because I've got side hustles. I don't know what a side hustle is. Hustle meant something different when I was growing up. <laughs> but a side hustle, sometimes they make four times what they, they quit their jobs because they make more with their side hustle. But God's word says something about marriage, prosperity, wisdom, family, faith, freedom, financial freedom, and knowledge. And these are only a few of the answers that the Word of God provides. So if you're not reading the Word so that you know these answers, then Satan has you right where he wants you to be. And if you're not reading the Word to find the answer, but instead you're going, and I'm not faulting you for this because some have come to me, if you're going to a counselor for answers and you're going for 16 weeks, think about it. God has the answer for you in his word, and the answer is there now. But he knows that when he allows this problem, that problem is supposed to drive you to his word and to your knees in prayer. And once God gives you the solution and the answer, who stands up and rejoices? Come on, give him a hand of praise. So, you know, I've realized in my, in my, in my life that when you don't know something, Everybody has a lot of questions. And when you know something, no one wants to ask you anything. 
because you just have that look like, oh, come on, come on, somebody ask, ask me a question, please. But they know you know. If you know something, that's called knowledge. If you don't know something, that's called ignorance. That doesn't mean you're dumb. That means you just don't know. And how can it be, church, that you live in the United States of America where you can have a Bible and you don't know answers to these questions? So the things that you don't know from God's word is the exact area Satan attacks you in. Because he does not want you to go to the word. And here's what he says. You see the type of God you serve? You see what God did to you? I've heard people say, how could God do this to me? You really think God did that to you? God doesn't do that. But it's Satan who gets you to say that. It's Satan who gets you to turn your back on God. All because you don't want to go to the word to find the solution. This book, the word of God is alive and is sharper than a two-edged sword. And the solutions for every problem that we could ever face, the answer is right here. Give God a hand of praise. So are you equipped to understand and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit in each of these areas? Do you know what the Bible says about wisdom? Do you know what the Bible says about marriage? Do you know what the Bible says about money? When problems occur in each of these areas, you're able to respond as Christ would instead of like a godless person without hope. Don't you think for a minute that you're going to skip being attacked. Don't you think for a minute the devil's not going to come after you? But he is. And sometimes he doesn't have to do anything. Just leave you alone because you will not go to the Word. You will not open the Word of God and find the answer. Or even to say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand what I'm reading, but show me where I need to read. I'll tell you this. When the answer comes, it'll... If I can picture it for you with word pictures, it'll actually jump off the page and grab you right here. It'll make so much sense. Why didn't I know this before? And that's what the devil doesn't want. Don't quote that verse to me. When Satan tempted Jesus in the garden, when he tempted him in the desert, how did Jesus respond to him? Somebody please tell me. With scripture. Jesus said, it is written, it is written. You are supposed to be able to do that, man and woman. Not leave that to someone else. You're supposed to be able to do that. Or why would you just figure, well, I guess I'm just supposed to suffer and be in pain and have all these problems. That is not a life of victory for a Christian. And the name of this series is How to Have Victory. Come on. If you're unable to respond like Jesus would, then do not feel condemned. Rather, let this be an indication to you how much more you need to grow and in what areas. Anytime you move from where you are to where God wants you to be and form your way of thinking to God's way of thinking, adjustments will be required in order to follow him. You are a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. God, and you better clap on this because I put that in my notes. They'll clap. 
God is not going to leave you alone or ever forsake you. He will not do it. If he died on the cross for you, you think he's going to let that devil wreak havoc in your life? I don't think so. God, God is at work in your life, every single one of you. If the very hairs in your head are numbered, it's because God knows everything about you. He's just waiting for you to get excited about him, more excited than you see me up here on Wednesday night. God wants you excited, not... God wants you to be... Don't get me going, church. You should come into church with a Bible or a pad and a pen ready to take notes, ready to learn something. You can have the victory that God wants you to have. You don't have to be suffering for the rest of your life. You can get answers to your prayers. Come on. (laughs) Everything the devil has robbed you of, God will give it back to you seven times stronger than when you originally had it. Who doesn't want that? Who would like to slap Satan right across the face and see the victory? Yeah, because we're all from San Juan. We're all, bring it on, bro, bring it on. Come on, bro, come at me. (laughs) How you come at Satan is with the word of God. And when he sees that you get God's answer through his word and you overcome a problem, that problem's gone. He can't attack you in that area anymore. So if you're being beaten down because of lies, it's time that it stop. It's time that you get more excited about God and his word than you can about, let me tell you what the devil's doing, bro. I don't want to hear what the devil's doing. I already know what he does. Some people, that's all they want to talk about. Change your language, bro. Tell me some good news. Tell me what God can do in your life, not what the devil has done to you. If you have a problem, God wants to give you his wisdom. Each problem is another opportunity to become more like my Savior. This is God's plan. That's how you become like Jesus. When you have a problem, you find the answer in the word of God. That's another area of your life. You've become like Jesus, and that is God's plan for your life. Now, if you think, well, if I become like Jesus, no one's going to want to talk to me because I'll be boring. Look up that answer in the Bible. (laughs) The only relevant question for Christian is, Did you choose to follow Jesus? If the answer is yes, then you wait when he says wait. You stop when he says stop. And you go when he says go. (laughs) Couples come in and they say, Pastor Mike, will you do my wedding? I say, no, you're not ready. Then I don't see him. Then they show back up and say, where have you been? We went and got married. And then I see him later on and go, where's your wife? We got a divorce. I'm not going to condemn you. I'll say it again. When God says wait, you wait. When God says stop, you stop. And when God says go, you go. When you ask God a question, God will either say no grow 
slow or go? Should I repeat it? I don't even remember. Let me try again. <laughs> when you ask God a question, God will either say no, mm-hmm, or he'll say grow, or he'll say slow, or he'll say go. And you know how you can know that you're right where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do in that? the situation will turn out right, you'll have God's peace. When God... When God takes his peace away from you, that's his way of showing you, stop. I want you to go this way. And when you obey him, his peace comes back in your life. Let, it says in Colossians 3.15, say, how do you know this, Pastor? Let the peace of God be the determining factor in your life. Obedience is not a checklist. It's a way of life. In Romans 8:28, the Bible says, and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. You have some decisions to make. Because while I've been speaking to you tonight, the Holy Spirit has been communicating to each of you areas in your life that you need to surrender to him. God has communicated with you where there needs to be an adjustment. Some of you have disobeyed God when he said, wait, you went ahead and did it anyway. And if fear is in your life, other than God's peace, it's God showing you. Don't be condemned about it. It's just God showing you. It's an indication, not a condemnation. I don't want you there. So either you want God's blessings and God's prosperity and God's health and God's answers, or you just like suffering. It's like the alcoholic who had his fourth DUI, he's behind the bars and he's got his head leaning on the bars saying, you know what, man? I think I'm gonna finally stop drinking. Now? How much do you have to lose before you, you finally come to God and obey him? So while Pastor Jeremy plays, I would like for you to get out of your seat and come and kneel down here at the altar and surrender again to God. Come on. Just breathe. It's a miracle when we breathe. There's power in his name when we breathe. Release everything and let everything that has breath praise the lord this is all we have breath praise the lord and just
there's power in the way that we breathe. Release your heavy burdens and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is why we have breath. It's a miracle we can breathe. There's power in the way that we breathe. Release your heavy burdens and let everything that's breath praise the Lord. This is why we have breath. stand to their feet you've heard that statement that says today is the first day of the rest of your life if you take what Pastor Mike is teaching you here and what you learned tonight there's going to be a transformation I'm telling you it happened to me one thing I had to do was I had to ask my dad for forgiveness he didn't understand what I was doing and I had to do it four times and I said, put your blessing on me, but please forgive me for my wrong actions and my wrong attitude against you, Dad. I wanted everything my way. And God told me, go to your father and make it right with your dad so that I can start to have him put his blessing that I want you to have. That's actually how I got involved in ministry. My dad told me, we will never set foot in a Christian church, ever. The day that I graduated Bible college, on the same day I was ordained by Pastor Kenny Foreman here in this sanctuary, and my mom and dad were here in this church the day I was ordained as a pastor. Wait, 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 wait. And they both came up and surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. Come on. I tell you, I was so happy, but that was the beginning of a lot of transformations that had to take place in my life. I want the best for you, but what I want is nowhere near as important as what God wants for you. So don't leave here with condemnation. Leave here rejoicing that I'm going to become everything God wants me to become. Good night, church.
God bless you.